Welcome back to Squared Sports Podcast. On those of this podcast lane, Frank, we're now up to 127. It's our 127 episodes through, and I got action-packed episode planned for you. We are back after our two-week hiatus. I'm glad to be back. We got a lot to talk about. We got to talk about NBA Finals, Nuggets winning the championship, uh, had the fan segment coming up with Roy Kane, another sports personality, another kid. First time we've ever had a kid on the show other than me, talking MLB, talking French Open, which Novak Djokovic did win, Champions League, Messi to the MLS. So much more. Stay tuned for Action Pack Episode 127. Let's hop into it. We'll start off Episode 127, how we always do, with the headlines in the NBA. NBA Draft is tonight, Thursday night. NBA Draft, one of the best things to see in sports always. So I'm excited for it. Obviously, Zion Williamson, maybe the biggest talk of the NBA Draft outside of Victor Wamanyama. Maybe he gets traded, obviously. His thing's going on right now, outside of the court, in the court. Just a lot going on with Zion Williamson right now. I think when Zion Williamson is on the court, he's an amazing player. He makes a difference because when he was on the court, they were a top two team in the Western Conference. When he's off the court, they don't make the playoffs. He doesn't play since January. They're in second place then. They end the season, not in the playoffs. So a little bit rough sailing right there for Zion Williamson. I want to see what happens with him. Damian Lillard, all the buzz around him. John Morant getting his 25-game suspension. And Bradley Beal heading over to the Phoenix Suns. Old news in the NBA. Stay tuned for the mock draft later on in the episode. MLB, we have Shohei Otani, most home runs in the MLB, most strikeouts in the MLB. This is the thing everybody wanted when he came over from Japan. They were saying, we got a guy who can hit and pitch. We've never seen this before. We've seen it since Babe Ruth, but he was never this talented. This is what the people wanted. This is what the people are getting. I'm excited for him. Best player in baseball right now, Shohei Otani. Braves, Ron right now, whole NL East kind of on a roll right now outside the Washington Nationals. Mets, racking up a few wins. Marlins, obviously playing great right now. Sandy Alcantara is pitching better. Luis Arias, three, five for five games this month. 400 batting averages, great stuff right there out of him. Could be MVP. Ronald Acuna Jr. playing like an MVP. And the Philadelphia Phillies winning 14 out of their last 15 games. Oakland Athletics did the reverse boycott. It worked. They won seven straight games, ended the next night, but... Good win for them right there. Like Rob Manfred said, he took a little bit of a shot at them. He said, you know, it's awesome to see an MLB team finally get an average MLB attendance. I like that right there by Rob Manfred. Throw a little bit of personality into him. We'll throw a little bit of a shade at the Oakland Athletics crowd. Oakland Athletics, Oakland as a city, moving over to Las Vegas in the coming years. St. Louis Cardinals, last place then at least. Really nothing anybody expected going into the season. This team is great. Heading into the season, you have MVPs, you have Paul Goldschmidt, you have Nolan Arenado, the best but third baseman of the century, you could say. So it's interesting right here. MLB, that's all the news I got for you right there. Let's move to golf. We're going to talk about, obviously, U.S. Open that happened this week. Wyndham Clark in his seventh major ever, getting a win. Interesting right there. Ricky Fowler coming back, won his first majors in years, and got second place. So great stuff for him right there. Rory McIlroy came pretty close. Rick, Ricky Fowler, though, choked a little bit at the end, so tough to see. But still, getting back in that golf game. Other players heading back into the PGA. Obviously, Brooks Kepka heading back into the PGA. A few other players, Phil Mickelson. After we do have that merger between the PGA and the Saudi-backed Live Golf Tour. So that's kind of a big thing right there in sports right now, I'd say. Saudi-backed league teaming up with PGA. Saudi Arabia kind of taking over sports a little bit right now. You got soccer where they tried to get Messi for $1 billion. They already have Neymar. They're getting a few other guys. They're trying to get one of those guys from Tottenham Hotspur. Son, so that'll be interesting right there if they do get him. Saudi Arabia. All it has some soccer players, getting some golf players, heading over to the U.S. Maybe some thoughts on the NBA team in Saudi Arabia. Leave your thoughts on that in the comments section. Let's move to tennis. Novak Djokovic won the French Open, really in a dominant performance, beating Carlos Alcaraz, saying, I'm still on top. I'm still number one in the world. Showing that right there. Maybe he gets a golden slam this year. Australian Open, French Open, Wimbledon, and U.S. Open. Two of them are down. Two more to go. Let's see. 
Let's set it off with soccer to end the headlines. Champions League final was an exciting one. I'm glad it wasn't 4-0 like I predicted. It was 1-0. Really good match. Erling Holland didn't play that well. Obviously, you have Rodrigo getting that one goal. Romelu Lukaku, really one of the more famous players in Inter Milan, kind of lost in that game, blocked two goals by his own team. Could have been goals. He blocked both of them, and he's on Inter Milan. So, little interesting right there. Jude Bellingham, 19-year-old, heading over to Real Madrid. And Lionel Messi heading over to the MLS, Inter Miami. We're going to talk about that later on in the episode. That's about for the headlines this week. Okay, so let's do a little take three right here. Let me say this right. If you were watching LeBron going up, if you were watching Michael Jordan growing up, Tom Brady, Ronaldo, Messi, all these guys, did you ever float the term dope around there? When they were in their very young stages of their career, maybe with LeBron, you said it once, but it wasn't really a term. You could say LeBron's giving me the greatest of all time, but that was a little bit preemptive. For Ronaldo, he never really said, oh, this guy could be the greatest of all time because it wasn't that pressure. There wasn't, you open your phone on social media and you see, Ronaldo, this guy's going to be the greatest of all time. He just signed with Real Madrid. Messi just signed with Barcelona. He's going to be the greatest of all time. LeBron's going to the Cavs. He's going to be the greatest of all time. That stuff just didn't happen. Tom Brady, if he wins the Super Bowl, they're not saying he's going to be the greatest of all time that quick because of a different era. And that's why I think we have a problem in modern day sports. All these legends, these sports that say some of the biggest sports in the world, tennis, you have the big three, Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, Rafa Nadal, three greatest players of all time, all retiring probably in the next five, four years, whatever it might be. Football, we just had Tom Brady retire. LeBron, his career is going to be done in about three years. So he needs to be a new greatest player of all time in sports. Stop that, in my opinion. Stop it. Don't just float that term around there saying, Victor Wominyama hasn't even stepped on NBA court. He can be the greatest of all time. We don't know that. He can be the next Hashim to beat. We don't know. That's why I hate it right here. Happens in every single sport. Kylian Mbappe scores one goal in the World Cup final at 19 years old. Very impressive. He's already getting FIFA coverage after that. He's already getting everything after that. And he can't even win a Ballon d'Or at PSG. That's, if you don't know, basically the MVP of soccer across the whole world. Because he doesn't do too much at PSG. He's not the greatest player in the world at PSG. But you see him in the World Cup, he might be. But that doesn't solidify him as the greatest of all time. Zion Williamson, we had that term, greatest of all time. And now he's in year four of his NBA career. And he hasn't really done much. So... It's a little bit interesting right there. Carlos Alcaraz for tennis. We're saying this guy could be the greatest of all time because he won the U.S. Open at 19 years old in a field where really nobody legendary was playing. Rafael Nadal was injured. Roger Federer wasn't playing. Novak Djokovic wasn't playing. So, yeah, you get a thing like that where he wins, and then you have all the expectations, the number one in the world, and then he gets absolutely smacked by Novak Djokovic in the French Open final. So don't just float that term around there. This guy's going to be the greatest of all time. But Otani, don't float that term around there. He's already older in age. He's already 27. He's not going to get Barry Bonds home runs. He's not going to get Nolan Ryan and strikeouts. That's my take right there. Be careful with that term. That's what's ruining modern day sports, in my opinion. We have all these legends winding down. Why do we have to put the pressure on these young athletes to be the next Ronaldo, the next Messi, the next LeBron, the next KD, the next Tom Brady? Why do we have to do it? That's my take of the week. Leave thoughts in the comments. Now, top five. This week's top five is the top five player rivalries in sports this century. So we got Brady versus Manning. We got Ronaldo versus Messi. We got LeBron. I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but let's hop into it right here. Number five, Russell Westbrook versus Kevin Durant. This was a great rivalry. These guys were teammates. Then Russell Westbrook gets his heart broken, finds out on ESPN on July 4, 2016 that, oh no, my teammate is leaving me to go to the team that I hate the most. So, a little bit interesting right there. It was a fun rivalry. They were always bickering for a few years. I think they've 
kind of made up now, even though you know, KD still throws a little bit of shade at Westbrook. Westbrook still throws a little bit of shade at KD. I think they just agreed to not be friends at any point. So Westbrook, KD, that's number five. Number four, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. This is strictly just football. These guys had no beef off the field or anything, but it was a great rivalry to watch for years. Those AFC championships, those matches. Obviously, Tom Brady's first career win as a starter was against Peyton Manning in the Colts. So number four, Brady versus Manning. Great games we had there. I love it. Four, Brady Manning. Three, Roger Federer versus Rafael Nadal. You have the six-hour Wimbledon matches in 2008. You have the amazing five-hour Australian Open matches. Both of them ending their careers very soon. Nadal probably going to end his career after the 2024 season. Federer announces and after 2022 US Open. So, yeah, Federer Nadal, that's number three. What a great rivalry we had for years. You could call it Fadal. That's what like, people like to call that rivalry. Greatest rivalry in tennis history, you could say. Number three, Federer Nadal. Number two, LeBron James versus Steph Curry. Four straight NBA Finals. You can't debate it. This was a great rivalry. And he's still going on. Playoffs this year. Lakers eliminate the Warriors. I love it. Two, LeBron versus Curry. And number one, Cristiano Ronaldo versus Lionel Messi. You have the World Cup battles between Argentina and Portugal. Who's going to win their first World Cup? Messi did it over Ronaldo. Who's going to win La Liga this year? Real Madrid or Barcelona? Who's going to win Ballon d'Or? Who's going to win Champions League? All that was just great to see for years to go on. It's number one, Ronaldo Messi. A worldwide sports Play rivalry, and that's top five for this week. Leave thoughts in the comments. All right, school sports fans, keeping it going with episode number 127, bringing back the fan side and bringing on one followers, school sports, another person I follow on Instagram, social media, Instagram sports personality, Roy Kane, hopping on with us today. What's Thanks going on? Us, Roy. It's going a on? great day to be here talking with you, Lane, and breaking down some sports. Of course. Yeah, glad to do it. Man, but I've never had another kid on this show, so yeah, it's fun to have one. 100%. Right, so, yeah. So I know you're big into golf, and you told me that you were at the U.S. Open this week, so kind of give me your thoughts on that. So I was at the U.S. Open on Monday, and there has been a lot of backlash with the fans, you know, how it wasn't the biggest event fan-wise, and that really just didn't meet U.S. Open expectations, and I can agree on that. They even like, so for the grandstands, I was there on Monday. So a practice round, you could go wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And I found out that Thursday through Sunday, even the grandstands, you have to have a special pass to even go there. So I feel like they really didn't do it as well as they could fam wise to get it really pumping. Like at Tory, like Cal- Cali and West Coast US Opens are supposed to be like the prime US Opens, you know, yep. like Tory, everything like that. But course wise, that thing was dialed. I mean, the rough, yeah. like you can't see anything better than that. I mean, I was watching guys, hole 14. It's like a par five, 630 yards. If you go long there, Victor Hovland, he dropped 10 balls. He took like about 10 hacks of each one, couldn't even get on the green. So I think it was a great course. I'm really, really happy with the outcome. I think Wyndham Clark deserved it. I mean, he had a great story, but yeah. also I'm a big Ricky guy. And now that, that was sad to watch him fall. I mean, I feel like also I was reading about him, his confidence going into it. He wasn't afraid to fail. But at the same time, with an event like that, you got to be kind of scared to fail. So you play like those type of expectations. So I feel like he went in there with kind of like a championship mindset, but a lagging mindset at the same time. And Wyndham Clark was there to just get business done. Yeah, Ricky Fowler, I mean, couldn't even qualify for like majors like this a few years ago. And I was almost yeah. win them. So I was a... Great thing to see right there. What do you think of uh, Kepka's comments saying the course is maybe not great, not, not great for him at least? I I think I think these live guys are actually some people to watch out. Like coming up the open, it's at 
Royal Liverpool. It's a tough course, 151st Open. And re- I really think these live guys are someone to watch out to. Kepka and Cam Smith, they make runs in the end. And like Kepka, he has high standards, but he wins, you know, like you can't complain. He went to he went to live, but mm-hmm. he has five majors under his belt. He just won the PGA. Like he's a dog. And I feel like the course really. He didn't really like it because it it's built for players. Like, you know, not every player yeah. can like score on it. So if you're playing a cut, like hole 18, final round, Wyndham Clark, he has to par to win it. That 40-yard slice, any other U.S. Open, that's in the rough, probably a bogey. But if you hit a draw, you get a little more spin. So it's all, I think, built around players. And I feel like Kepka, he really just, he thrives under courses that he knows you know la country club it's a super exclusive course like no celebrities no social media influencers it's like really low-key guys like realtors agents that have to qualify to get in you know so like that's like a first time for a lot of these guys that even played it so i feel like at the same time that a lot there was a lot of hate also to that because guys want to be familiar with the course you know like rory even said during a press conference he was watching youtube videos to study the course you know like uh, prior so i feel like also that exclusive sometimes can be opened up and i was reading also that people want courses that it's available to play you know so it's more entertaining like a a course like tory like they build it yeah they build the course so it's super hard but at the same time the rest of the year it's playable to players that are like 10 handicaps just normal people Mm -hmm. but they make it super super hard for that tournament but like la country club it's just so exclusive where they don't have an opinion on it you know they don't have opinion on a 10 handicap because it's a lot of guys that aren't even into golf they're just members there so i think the i think i think there's definitely a lot of backlash but let's hope they can get it back next year all right well i love the golf insight you know i told you i have it with every fan segment that comes on here bring out big hot take and we'll talk about it. so do you have one okay my hot take we're moving to the nba draft that's okay. what I was going to ask next. So, Victor Wembenyama. Victor Wembenyama is going to be a bust. That's the take. Okay. okay. I see a guy, a comparison like Chet Holgram. I mean, he's a skinny guy. He can change the way of basketball. But at the same time, he could crumble in an instant. You know, it takes one step, one injury to change everything. And these guys, I mean, they're so good, but... What, who has he faced yet? Like that guy in France, okay, taking it down low. Sure, 6'10", big guy, okay, playing overseas. Take it down low. Sure, you could get a float on him. But when you see Joel Embiid in the paint, and that boy's only looking to block the shot and send it to the crowd. I mean, are you really going to go up with a floater? Or is he going to be 7'7 and hit a step back three? Like, he really has I think to that's what he can do. His, he has to learn his game, though. And... I think he has to learn his game to play to that standard. And if guys can break him, I think he's not even going to last. I really think it could be, that's my take. Victor Weminyama is going to be a bust. I just don't see it. And I can't wait to look back at this in 10 years when this guy doesn't even start next year. All right, so back in October when we were doing those preseason matches in the NBA and Wembanyama went up against NBA teams, I said, this guy's not going to be the next LeBron. He's not going to be the next KD. He could be the next Tim Duncan. And now he's obviously in that Spurs organization or going to be in that Spurs organization draft Thursday night. So yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. So I think it's the perfect fit for him, but I'm excited to see how his career goes. And I agree with the Spurs organization. They know how to develop young talent. 
They did it with Kawhi. They did it with Tim Duncan. And I actually think this year's draft was rigged. Another hot take. They're bringing it back. These, these guys, the guys are all behind the numbers. They know, they know who's going to thrive under a team. They know the GMs. They know the coaches. They know just like the personnel of the players who's going to strive under that organization. So I think they knew. And from the backstory, they knew that San Antonio does a great job at it. And I think they had to give it a shot with the best chance, you know, because they, the NBA, they want this guy to be the next LeBron. Because think about LeBron, he's probably going to retire in the next couple of years. And who's going to take his role? It's going to be a lot of guys like Jokic. He's going to take the role. The big guys are starting to take the role. You know, Curry, he's going to be gone in a couple of years. KD, he might be gone in a couple of years. You know, all these guys that are the prime, there's a new prime coming in, and the new prime doesn't look too good with John Moran. Well, we won't talk about him. Jeez Louise, these guys have to step up their game. So, yeah, I agree with you on the big man part because I don't see an elite young point guard to maybe be that next type of NBA champion, yeah. lead their team to a championship. It's really just the big men taking over right now. Like you said, joke, it's like Giannis. These guys taking over instead of maybe a Trey Young, John Morant, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green. I don't know how those guys' career face off. So let's talk a little MLB to end it off. Perfect. We'll talk about MLB. And let's just talk about my Padres. I'm a San Diego boy, Carl's bad boy. My Padres. Jeez, I mean, going to San Francisco. My boy, Mike Yad walks it off. I mean, we're up 4-0. It was, it was really devastating. I mean, he sent it to the water. That was deep. And I feel like the Padres, I'm not even going to comment on them right now, but they, they do not look good. I mean, I have a lot of family in Seattle. So luckily, my Mariners got some young talent with Julio Rodriguez. Yep. But also, let's talk about the West Coast man, Shohei Otani. Okay. I, feel, I feel like Shohei Otani right now is the best player in baseball. He's a generational talent and he's just putting up numbers that nobody sees, you know, I mean, hitting a dinger dead center almost every single day doesn't have to be dead, dead center, but he's putting his team in like a competition to win every game. You know, Mm -hmm. like Mike Trout, he's, he's there, but he's not putting up Mike Trout numbers that he used to. And I feel like Shohei Otani, like he's the guy where baseball, it's a team sport, you know, but at the same time, if you can have a guy who can throw strike out the side and then go out, get an RBI. Like that's a big factor to a game. And to get one of those talents trade for a guy like that, you can go on and win, you know? And I think my Padres, they might be in contention for a little blockbuster trade. You never know. We got the money. We do have the money. You know, I'm a Mets fan. So I always think of all these young rookie Mets. Maybe you trade uh, Francisco Alvarez, Mark Vientos, Brad Beatty, a few other players, Shohei Otani, and that could work. But I think if an Otani deal got done, it would have to be one of the largest in sports history, money-wise, prospect-wise. It would be monumental. I think if you trade him to any team, it would be monumental. But uh, yeah, MLB right now, really going crazy. Yeah, the price price in every sport is going crazy. I mean, guys Mm -hmm. like Shohei Otani, what do you think he's looking at right now, price-wise? I know, and everyone likes to say, oh, he's going to leave the Angels after this season. Well, what if he wants to keep on being the star of the Angels? What if he wants to resign with them? They have the money to do it. Some of these other teams, the Mets, they don't necessarily need to spend $400 million on another player. Padres don't need to spend another $500 million or even more on another player. So uh, it's interesting right now in MLB for sure. So let's close that right here. I want to talk about Zion Williamson. Give me a 60-second your take on Zion Williamson. What do you think is going to happen at the draft? Let's talk about it. Okay, let's talk about Zion. Okay, Zion, I mean, I loved watching this guy. I mean, high school, I was in like sixth grade, but turning on Ball is Life, hoop mixtape, 
this guy looked like a grown man playing against little boys. And he was. And I feel like he he did when he is in the NBA, when he is playing, when he's active, he puts he's up great. numbers, helps his team win. And he's a talented player and an exciting player to watch. But I feel like at the same time, he has to get his priorities straight where when you get this much hype, you have to go to a different standard, a different expectation and go above yourself. Like, sure, he he was the one he was projected to be a LeBron James player. And now it's kind of fallen really far down, but he can easily get it back staying healthy. And I feel like a big thing now in sports is social media. I feel like you have to stay at like I get it. You have your say and everything and you're doing your job. I think you got to stay to your job. I mean, there's no need to be going on Twitter, getting all these rumors sent out. I mean, there are some rumors that have been sent out about some stuff in bad industries. And I mean, Zion, Zion, come on, bad look for you. I mean, he's been on the couch eating so many cheeseburgers where he does, he's not even fast enough to reply to these people on Twitter. And I feel like Zion, he just has to step up. He has to prove people wrong. Now he's getting doubted. You know, he put himself from such a high expectation where people are just believing in him to now they're just preying on his downfall. So I feel like he really has to step up in his game, go out work and have a big upcoming season. That's I love my it. Take. I love it. Perfect. Thanks for doing this, Roy. That was great. Thank you again. Later, Lane. Thank you for having me and for the producer. Peace. Great job. You guys do a great job every week. Of course. We appreciate it. Later, boy. So that was a great segment right there with Roy Kane. You can go follow him on social media at Roy Kane underscore 24. Great to have him. I'm able to do it again. But if you want to be on the fan segment, on the fan show, on Squared Sports, give us a DM, shoot us a comment, whatever you want to do. Be on Squared Sports. That's about for that. Now, did you know this week's day note? It's a funny one. And a kind of sound for a Kansas City Royals fan. Did you know the Kansas City Royals are 0-15 in the last 15 times Jordan Lyles pitches the ball for the Kansas City Royals? His last 15 starts, they're 0-15. Now, that's not 15 losses for him, but he doesn't put them in a winning position. If you've had this guy start 15 straight times for you and he hasn't won one of them, just get rid of him. DFA him. He obviously doesn't put you in a winning position. Royals, worst team that will be. You're behind the Oakland Athletics who don't have a dime to their name, so... That's kind of crazy right there, in my opinion. You have these stars, Bobby Wood Jr., you have these up-and-coming players. This team was in the World Series in 2015. That's not too long ago. Be better, Kansas City Royals. DFA, Jordan Lyles. That's my take right there. That's about for you to know this week. All right, everybody. NBA draft, the best events of the year coming up. Every year, I give you my lottery NBA mock draft. This is the final one. Let's do it. Pick number one, San Antonio Spurs on the clock. Let's have them take Brandon Miller. No, I'm kidding. They take Victor Wamanyama. That's a no-brainer. This is the biggest no-brainer since Zion Williamson 2019. Second biggest no-brainer a century behind LeBron James. So, yeah, this is a no-brainer for me. Spurs take Victor Wamanyama at pick number one. To be next, Tim Duncan for them. Number two, Hornets take Scoot Henderson. You can have a backcourt of Scoot Henderson and Lamelo Ball. Sign me up. I like that right there. Hornets, number two, they take Scoot Henderson. Blazers. Pick number three, a lot of things going on right here. Damon Lillard said, trade me if you don't pick, trade this pick. Trade me if you don't trade this pick. I don't want to be with a young guy. Okay, we'll trade you, Dan. I don't want a Pascal Siakam. I don't want a Bam Adebayo on this Blazers team with Damon Lillard. I don't think they're worth a number three overall pick. You know who's worth a number three overall pick? Brandon Miller. Next, Kevin Durant, in my opinion. And I've said that since they played Gonzaga back in December. And I truly believe that. Brandon Miller, struggling in the NCAA tournament. Who cares? He had a lot going on off the court. 
So I think Brandon Miller can develop as a person, develop as a player. He could be an NBA Ivy. He could be the next NBA drama if he gets into these things again. But we'll see. Blazers, number three, they take Brandon Miller. I'm excited for him to watch him in the NBA. I think he could be the next Kevin Durant. Like I said, three, Blazers, Brandon Miller. Four, Rockets trade this pick to the New Orleans Pelicans for Zion Williamson. High flyer, Zion Williamson. Goes over to Houston. Imi Odaka, Zion Williamson, Jalen Green, Alper and Shangun. Sign me up. This is going to be interesting. Exciting squad to watch next year, in my opinion. I think it gets done. I want to see Zion Houston. I want to see him on a new team. I don't think it should be Portland because that's just a horrible career end if you're right there. If you go to Portland, just look at Damian Lillard. If you go to Houston, good young core, good city. I think it's good right there. Maybe get James Harden to come back this offseason. Maybe win championship in the next five years. Zion Williamson goes over to Houston Rockets. So with that number four overall pick, Pelicans will take Eamon Thompson. Biggest mystery of this draft outside of his brother, Azor Thompson. They're both big mysteries because they're coming out of high school, but they're 20 years old, but they don't go to high school. They go to a reality TV show. They go to Overtime Elite Academy where nobody knows a single player on the team outside of those two. They don't know a single player who they go up against. So that's a little bit of a struggle right there. It's really just a reality TV show, in my opinion. You could say, oh, Eamon, take a shot right here. Oh, defender, back off. Let him shoot in your face. Let him make it. So I really don't get this with the Thompson Bros right here where they're talented. So I think they go high. This is not me saying I would take Thompson Bros. I think this is me saying this is what would happen. So number four, Pelicans take Eamon Thompson, the better one, the Thompson Twins. Very talented, just a mystery in my opinion. Number five, Pistons take Jerace Walker. I don't think Jerace Walker, I didn't think once in the college basketball season that he was a top five pick, but progressed post-draft, obviously combine. It's kind of a weak draft class after the top three, in my opinion, and I strongly believe that. So Pistons, they need a big man, in my opinion. They have Jalen Duran, they have Marvin Bagley, they have Monty Williams, but I think they get Drace Walker right here. Number five, Drace Walker, big man at Houston. Number six, the Magic take the other Thompson twin, Azor Thompson right here. They're twins, so yep, Thompson brothers, both done by top six. Magic, they kind of need a three-point shooter. That's what Azor Thompson can be for you. I like it. Magic number six, Azor Thompson. Number seven, the Pacers trade this pick to the Magic. The Magic go back-to-back on these picks. Pacers really don't know who they would pick right here. So I'm going to have them trade that pick. With that number seven pick, Magic take Taylor Hendricks out of UCF. Obviously, UCF located in Orlando. Orlando Magic. I like this pick right here. Same with Taylor Hendricks. I didn't know him during the college basketball season. I never heard of him. I never heard of UCF. Highlights during the season. Obviously, UCF had a few wins, but they didn't make the NCAA tournament. Taylor Hendricks. Let's see how he can do in the NBA. These are some of these guys where they don't have great college basketball seasons, but you see their measurables, you see what they're athletic, you see their high school tapes, and you take them top 10. doesn't always work out, so that's kind of Taylor Hendricks' project right here, but they take the local guy. Number seven, Magic, make trade with the Pacers. They get Taylor Hendricks. They go back-to-back. Zord Thompson, Taylor Hendricks. Round out their draft for me. Wizards, number eight, they just traded Bradley Beal. They have... Corey Kispert, who's kind of similar to Grady Dix. They don't need Grady Dick. They have Johnny Davis, who really hasn't worked out. They thought he could be the next Bradley Beal. You know who could be next Bradley Beal? You know who I watched every game of? Kobe Bufkin at Michigan. Now, Kobe Bufkin, his freshman year, looked like some hot garbage in some games. He looked like he had some potential in some games. Now, this season, different story. He played great season. Really single-handedly helped Michigan at the end because Hunter Dickinson wasn't playing well. Jet Howard wasn't playing well. Jet Howard, I thought he was going to be a top-10 pick midway through the season. I don't know if he's going to be a first-round pick anymore, and that's just how the way goes with Jed Howard and this Michigan team. But Kobe Bufkin, that bright spot, that team. Wizards take Kobe Bufkin at pick number eight. He can shoot. He can score. scored all levels, played some great defense. He could be the next Bradley Beal for you with some talent, with some potential, with some coaching up a little bit. You can see Wes Onslaught Jr. still needs to get things figured out right there with Wizards head coach for them. Number eight, Wizards take Kobe Bufkin. Number nine, Utah Jazz are on the clock, and this guy 
has slipped for me because I don't think he's that good. Cam Whitmore, he's top 10 good, but he's not top five good. A lot of people have him going five to the Pistons, seven to the Pacers. I have him slipping down to nine. Utah Jazz, Utah Jazz can afford to waste a pick on Cam Whitmore, a guy who has good measurables, good prospect. Villanova didn't have a good year. When he came back, they were pretty good. So Cam Whitmore, number nine, he goes to the Utah Jazz. Number 10, Dallas Mavericks are on the clock. They take Grady Dick. Not much to do with this pick right here unless you're going to trade it for some superstar. So not really much to do with this pick. You take a solid pick. You take Grady Dick at number 10, Dallas Mavericks. Number 11, Lando Magic. We're going to be on the clock right here, but they trade it over to Indiana Pacers. So with that number 11 pick, uh, Indiana Pacers select Anthony Black, shooting guard at Arkansas. Anthony Black, really talented, can score at all levels. Wizards can take him, but I think Kobe Bufkin's a better prospect. He can score really well. Obviously, got that nice lettuce on his hair, you could say, afro. So, yeah, could do well with the uh, Indiana Pacers getting that good backcourt bet. Matherin, Tyrese Halliburton, and now Anthony Black plugged in there. So, I like it. Number 11, Anthony Black going over to the Indiana Pacers. Number 12, Oklahoma City Thunder on the clock. We haven't seen much of this team because we haven't seen Chet Holmgren. We haven't seen Shai Gillis, Alexander, and Josh Giddy all on the court at the same time. Let's look Nick's in. Nick Smith Jr. into that backcourt right there. Good point guard. Could be good, solid six-man for years to come. I like it. Nick Smith, number 12. Number 13, second last pick of this draft. Raptors take NCAA champion Jordan Hawkins. That's pick number 13. Number four, Pelicans, their last pick of my draft. They don't have Zion Williamson anymore, but they take Derek Lively, center out of Duke. Kind of one of those guys who doesn't do well in college, but they do well in high school. Will probably do well in the NBA. So number 14, Pelicans, they take Derek Lively. That's about my NBA mock draft. Leave thoughts in the comments. All right, everybody, it's not too early to talk about college football. It's never too early to talk about college football. So let's talk about Caleb Williams, college football's golden child to 2021. Ever since that Oklahoma-Texas game, everyone said he's going to be the next greatest player, including me. But I think Caleb Williams should wait a year, stay one more year at USC after this season. You want to know why? NIL is being part of college football now. He'll be more famous in the Big Ten, in college football his senior year, than he ever will be in his rookie season in the NFL. And I truthfully say that. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. He'll be more famous if he stays at USC until his senior year, goes into the video game, goes into the Big Ten, becomes a cover athlete, becomes all of that, stays at USC, plays at the Big House, plays at Wisconsin, plays at Ohio State, plays at all these good schools, plays in that big conference, maybe wins a championship at USC. That's what college football needs. That's what college football wants. And to be perfect, get that massive NIL deal. Caleb Williams should go. One more year at USC after this junior year. Now, I don't know how this junior year goes. Maybe he breaks his leg. Maybe he wins the Heisman. Maybe he wins the National Championship. If you win the Heisman National Championship, okay, you can go to the NFL. But, so you don't accomplish those things, then maybe stay one more year. Hop in the Big Ten. Hop on that college football cover. I want to see that right there, Caleb Williams. I want to see him stay one more year at USC. And this is what NIL can offer us. It can offer us someone like Caleb Williams to stay one more year. Someone like... Caleb Williams, who has all the talent in the world to go to the NFL, be picked number one ever since his freshman year of college, but they stay until their senior year. So I'm excited right here if that happens with Caleb Williams. That's my spotlight of the week. Talking a little college football, I want to see Caleb Williams go up against my Michigan Wolverines. I want to see Caleb Williams torturing the Ohio State Buckeyes. But you got to stay one more year for that. That's about for the spotlight this week. Now, around the bases, let's do our June MLB hot takes. Our play midway to MLB season, you could say. We're going to take a three-week hiatus after this episode, so I want to get my MLB takes in there. Make sure they come true. Let's hop into it. First one, the Mets will make the playoffs. I saw them torch the Astros 11-1. I saw vintage Max Scherzer come out. I want to see what Justin Verlander can do tonight. Maybe he brings out his vintage self. This is Glendor playing great. 
Pete Alonso coming back from injury. This team hasn't really found their stride yet. They haven't had their wing streak yet. Tommy Fan said, we haven't had our wing streak yet. And that's why I'm happy. That's why I'm excited. Because we're going to get one. And that's when we're going to be great. This is a loaded NLE division. But I think the Mets can get it done. Mets will make the playoffs. Now, next hot take. The Angels will win the AL West. This is a division that has been loaded by Houston Astros. Now, Houston Astros struggling on their skid right now. Maybe continues after this Mets series. But they're on a large skid. Losing game streak. So I want to see that continue right here. I want to see the Texas Rangers struggle without Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom obviously had Tommy John surgery. Tough to see as a Rangers fan. Tough to see as an MLB fan, but as a Mets fan, you don't want to think about that. But uh, Texas Rangers, I think they struggle without Jacob DeGrom. I think the pieces kind of fall apart for them in the next few months. I think Seattle Mariners, just not the year. Uh, Julio Rodriguez playing pretty well, but not up to the standards I set for him before the season. I thought he could be an MVP candidate. Haven't really seen that. And Angels are catching fire right now. It's perfect timing for Mike Trout. Perfect timing for... Shari Otani, Patrick Sandoval, all these guys, Phil Nevin, they win the division, the Angels. Next one, the Twins make the playoffs with a losing record. You're asking, how can that happen? Well, they could win the AL Central. They currently have a losing record, and they're winning the AL Central. That can still go on. Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa, these guys are talented, but they have a losing record. Twins make the playoffs with a losing record. Really something we've never seen before. I like it right there. Next one, O'Neal Cruz, still a better prospect than Ellie De La Cruz. And no? Not brothers, but they are six foot eight shortstops in the AL Central with the last name of Cruz. A little bit of a coincidence right there, but still, they're both great. Ellie De La Cruz, I haven't really got to talk about him too much in the show, but I like Lonio Cruz as a long term project over Ellie De La Cruz. Now, next hot take I think there's going to be a three way race for the NL MVP, and they're all coming from the NL East. Luis Arise, batting 400, could be an MVP, but not too many RBIs in the year, only two home runs in the year. That could be it. Hinder right there. Ronald Cunha Jr., obviously a lot of home runs, obviously a lot of RBIs, getting that average up there. And then Pete Alonso, most home runs in the MLB when he wasn't injured, now come back from injury, one down in the race to show you Tony for the MVP. Maybe he'll regain that crown, but average really isn't there. So I think if Pete Alonso can get maybe 50, 60 home runs this year, he'll be in that race. But I like this NL East MVP race between Luis Arias, Pete Alonso, and Ronald Cunha Jr. Pete Alonso never gets the respect he deserves. It's always been Max Muncy's better than him. It's always been Freddie Freeman's better than him. Josh Bell's better than him. Matt Olson's better than him. Stop that. Pete Alonso may be the best first baseman in baseball. Stop that hate on Pete Alonso. I like it right here. A three-way and at least MVP race between Arias, Acuna, and Alonso. One more hot take to end out around the bases. The Dodgers will miss the playoffs in 2023. Want to hear why? They're struggling right now. Got swept by San Francisco Giants. First time that's happened since 2012. I like it right here, this take, because even with the more teams in the playoffs, I have the Mets making the playoffs, I have the Phillies making the playoffs, I have the Marlins making the playoffs, and the Braves making the playoffs. That's four of the five teams in the NL East. The Dodgers are going to be the odd man out. I think the Padres might miss the playoffs. I think the Giants and Diamondbacks might get in the playoffs over Dodgers. Dodgers struggling right now. Third place in their division. Really saying I didn't expect coming into the season. So Dodgers missed the playoffs the first time since about 2014. Dodgers missed the playoffs. That's my take. That's about for around the base this week. Leave thoughts and comments. Now, let's send out episode 127. Something I care deeply about now. Probably didn't know anything about one year ago. And that is the game of soccer. I know so much about soccer, football, whatever you want to call it now. Probably more than you do. Not to brag. Score sports listeners or viewers. But a lot going on in the world of soccer right now. Especially in the United States of America, where I live. Lionel Messi heading over to the MLS. Obviously, MLS a little bit of a different league. And this is what I think is the issue with MLS. They're trying too much to be like the NBA, NFL, and MLB instead of trying to be like the rest of soccer leagues. They have conferences, no other soccer leagues, no La Liga, no Premier League, no Serie A, no Bundesliga has conferences. 
They play in the summer. None of those leagues play in the summer. They have playoffs. None of those leagues have playoffs. They just have draws, all this. They say, okay, you win, get your points. There can be a draw, 80 points, 80 points at the end of the year. But whoever has more goals, goal differential, all that goes into factor. MLS is trying a little bit too much to be like NBA, NFL, and B. Maybe try to focus being like the other soccer leagues, and maybe you'll get more players. Maybe that's scaring some players away. But Lionel Messi heading over to Inter-Miami, massive for the soccer game. Another thing, massive for the soccer game in the USA. USA soccer on fire right now. I'm wearing the USA soccer jersey, ranked number 13 in the FIFA World Rankings right now. It's headed clubs like Germany, won the World Cup in 2014, a few other clubs. So yeah, USA soccer on top right now. Just won their tournament. They beat Mexico 3-0, and they beat Canada 2-0. So really exciting. You got the new hotcomer, Valerian Balagoon, coming over from England, getting his transfer request approved by FIFA to switch his nationality from England over to the USA. He's been an amazing striker, taking some leave off of Gio Reyna, Christian Pulisic, Obviously, USA going back to Greg Berhalter as their head coach after months of controversy where, you know, they, they didn't do up to par in the World Cup. You could say they got to the round of 16, they got torched in the round of 16, and then Berhalter's contract ran out. People were saying, ah, Berhalter, don't need to bring him back. And then he got his controversies going on with his domestic violence. So everyone's saying, ah, oh, he's done. We're going to bring in maybe a new guy. And they didn't bring in a new guy. They went into months of a process of them in terms. None of that worked out. And they're bringing back Berhalter, who has a horrible relationship with maybe the best player the U.S. national team, Gio Reyna. So, yeah, a little bit of issue going on right there with the U.S. national team. Bring it back, bro, Greg Bohalter. But USA Soccer, something to look out for. Can they bring anybody else over to the MLS? Can USA Soccer maybe compete really well in the 2026 World Cup? Maybe make the final, maybe win the whole dang thing. That's about for the buzz this week. Leave your thoughts and comments. Now, a question today. This week's question today is, what will be the biggest sports headline one month from now? Could it be soccer? Could it be NBA? Could it be NFL, MLB? What is going to be the biggest sports headline one month from now? Could it be LeBron James goes over to the Dallas Mavericks? Could it be something like that? Leave your thoughts on that in the comment section. That's my question today this week. The reason why I asked that question is because Squared Sports going on the regular three-week hiatus in the summer. Do it every summer, three years in a row. Squared Sports taking the three-week hiatus. But don't worry. Squared Sports Instagram posting will go away those three weeks. Then we'll be back. After that, next rest of the year, been daily posting since October. That streak will end coming up soon. But Squared Sports fans, it's been a great ride this year, this summer. So we're going to be back better than ever in three weeks. Stay tuned. That's Bob Squared Sports Lane Freak, episode 127.